Well, good day, ladies and gentlemen, Christian Israelites everywhere. This is Voice of Christian Israel on Eurofolk Radio, February 23rd, 2020. And uh, with me as co-host again today is Pastor David Martins of South Africa. How are you doing this morning, Pastor? Well, good evening, Pastor. Very well, thank you. Uh, uh, what I do find is that um, the uh, the battle against us is becoming fiercer by yeah, the day. And again, it is like it was 400 and 600 years ago. Again, it is the churches doing the persecutions. That's right. Yeah. How wonderful, how wonderful to see exactly what our ancestors were exposed to in terms of the yeah. uh, the Christian uh, churches, the Roman Catholicism and Calvinism, the, yes. two, the two legs of, of uh, Christianity. Yeah, it, which were the yeah, well, yeah. We'll get into that shortly. Uh, first, I just want to talk about quickly uh, an uh, an article about Jewish genetics uh, posted by Swamp Fox at yes. our uh, at our uh, this morning. But even before that, I have a question because uh, according to our discussions of the history of the Boer people how they came to South Africa having rejected, well, Calvinism as one, as one element, uh, Roman Catholicism and other forms of Protestantism. They, they left Europe to get away from all that. Exactly. So, uh, so I, would, I would imagine that the Boer people had a tradition of practicing the Hebrew feast days and would have brought that with them to South Africa. Is that the case? Uh, Pastor, unfortunately, uh, one must remember that uh, the over the past three uh, um, generations, the past yeah. three generations, the everything was under the control of the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Okay, and they even banished and barred the the the, the owning of. Uh, many of the books that we are well that are available today, and um, one of the the arguments which so many of these uh, Edomite Christians uh, pose us with is why aren't there Afrikaans history books that substantiate your claims? Right. Of course, everything was banished and yeah, burnt. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and then they, then they write new history books, the Jews do, to cover over the real history. <laughs> that's what, and, that's and how it's they, done. And then they formulate laws to protect their lies. Yes, amen, amen. Okay, so let me just uh, quote from Kazaria.com, and thanks to Swamp Fox for putting this up. Featuring genetics and genetic genealogy since 2000, Jewish genetics, abstracts and summaries a collection of abstracts and reviews of books, articles, and genetic studies. Now, first of all, you and I know, those of us in Christian Israel know, that a Judahite is not the same as a Judean, is not the same as a Jew. Those are three separate categories which the Jews try to claim are all one and the same, and they are not. Okay, that's why we do so much intensive study of these words and their true origins and meanings. So, a collection, so he says, this section is the most comprehensive summary of Jewish genetic data. In recent years, advances in genetic technology and the broadening in scope of genetic studies to encompass more ethnic groups have allowed scientists to come up to more accurate conclusions. Now that we have the benefit of more than a decade of comprehensive genetic testing of Jewish populations using modern techniques, We have finally come close to answering all the questions about Jewish ancestry. Now, remember, we're talking about Jews, not Israelites. Mm. Part of the story is that Eastern European Jews have significant Eastern Mediterranean elements which manifest themselves in close relationships with Kurdish, Armenian, Palestinian Arab, Lebanese, Syrian, and Anatolian Turkish peoples. Now, right away, a question begs to be asked. Can any of these people be considered Israelites, given the fact that they're so mixed up with these other population groups? No. No? Definitely not. Yeah. (laughs) Because the Old Testament simply states very clearly that uh, you must be of pure Israelite descent to be considered an Israelite of uh, whatever tribe you're uh, under. And uh, the, the Bible absolutely forbids mixing of the tribe with alien blood. 
I mean, over and over, it, it gives us these prohibitions, yet the Jews ignore all this as if the Old yeah. Testament, which they claim to believe, uh, doesn't even mention these things. So they yeah. have to ignore these things. So there's no way uh, like an Indian, uh, Armenian, Lebanese, Anatolian uh, person can be a pure-blooded Israelite. There's, there's some... Well, the... the, the um, well, it's an Israelite amongst the Jews. Um, they they claim to be Israelites for the sake of deception. Right. However, when they when they um, when they uh, are honest with themselves, when they proclaim to be persecuted, <laughs> they pro- proclaim to be persecuted as Jews. Right. Yeah. Well, let's continue. This is why the Y DNA haplogroups J and E. Now, E, as far as I'm concerned, is that, stands for Edomite. They are lying to us when they claim that these uh, haplogroups are Israelite. They're, the E is chosen, prob- probably uh, Yahweh chose that <laughs> haplotype because they are Edomites, not Israelites, which are typical of the Middle East, are so common among them. Uh, Jewish hmm. Lineages from this region of the world derive from both the Levant and the Anatolian Armenian region. At the same time, there are traces of European, including Northern Italian and Western Slavic, including Polish, Northwest African, Berber, and East Asian ancestry among European Jews. That's where your uh, Mongolian uh, blood comes from, Mm. from the Ashkenazi. Okay? Exactly. Many Greek and Roman women married Jewish men before conversion to Judaism was outlawed by the Roman Empire, and many of the Southern European ancestral lines in Ashkenazic families come from these marriages. Ethiopian Jews descend from Ethiopian Africans who converted to Judaism. Now, they don't even suggest that these Ethiopian Africans have Israelite blood as they did with several yeah. of these other people. At least some, some of these other groups are partially Israelite, but not totally in, in pure Israelite. Yemenite Jews descend from Arabs who converted to Judaism. Again, there's no suggestion that Arabs are Israelites. You know, they're, they're downplaying the Israelite business with regard to yeah. the Africans and the Arabs, very interestingly. North yeah. African Jewish and Kurdish Jewish paternal lineages come from Israelites, now, they don't say maternal, okay? So, the, now there was the Kurds. Let me put it this way, Pastor. The Kurds are probably descendants of the Samaritans who had uh, Israelite blood but who intermingled. And certainly since uh, 745 B.C., when uh, the Israelite tribes crossed the Caucasus Mountains, those who remained, namely these Kurds, who lived up in the mountains and stayed up in the mountains, may have intermixed with other population groups. But uh, one thing is clear about the Kurds is they are more uh, Aryan-looking than the surrounding peoples, okay? Mm. And the same is true of the uh, uh, Uyghurs of Mongolia. That's because they're a tribe of Japheth who wandered east and those tribes still exist, and they are very, very much white-looking compared to the Mongolians. All right. So, but uh, if you're not a pure-blooded Israelite, according to the Old Testament law, forbidding intermarriage with all these other groups, then you can't be an Israelite. So the Jews don't make any uh, attempt to uh, refer to the Old Testament law whatsoever in any of these websites. Uh, isn't that isn't that interesting? You know, why exactly. wouldn't they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, the essence is that none of these groups of Jews are pure-blooded Israelites. By the mere fact of admitting that there's all these other population groups um, uh, within the Jewish genome is a tacit admission that they can't be Israelites, period. Mm according to Old Testament law. And, of course, Jews claim to obey Old Testament law. All right? So that's that, folks. I mean, uh, by uh, with these admissions, not, not even attempting to refer to the Old Testament shows that Judaism is not the religion of the Old Testament. Okay, over to you. I, I think you have some um, interesting uh, facts about uh, uh, Calvin. Yeah. Uh, yes, Pastor. Um 
I spent some time yesterday morning to um, search the internet for certain uh, gray areas in which I know what the answers is, but my evidence is still lacking. I like to have at least two pieces of evidence in terms of uh, everything that I state. Uh, that I state. So uh-huh. I started searching the internet for some information, and instead of just using Google, I started using other uh, search engines which I haven't used before, and it was quite rewarding. Okay. I stumbled across a document wherein the Jews actually admit that they financed John Calvin, the father of Calvinism, Protestantism, and wherein which they wanted a certain agenda to be met, Mm -hmm. and which was met, and they claimed that Protestantism, as well as Roman Catholicism, comes out of Jewism. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> Judaism. And of course, we, 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 that, that, that is exactly what we see in churches because, I mean, if you look at Freemasonry, Freemasonry has its roots in Jew, in, in, from Jews. Um, the Jews actually proclaim that, Jew, that, that Freemasonry is one of their, their uh, tools that they use for deception. Mm-hmm. And if you look in the way in which the Freemasonry controls the churches, obviously it is Jewish. Yeah. And then with the Jews to make a statement that way in which they say that um, uh, John Calvin was in fact uh, set up financially and orchestrated by them to create the Protestantism, well, to, to, to become right. a Protestant and to create Calvinism. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's it. you sent me this link here. Let me just quickly uh, look at it here. Uh, that uh, uh, somebody, um, I'm not who the author is. It's a footnote from one of the documents you sent me. And regarding the two seed line message, quote, the importance of the two seed line message is this. We, that is the Caucasian people, true Israel, are God's literal offspring through Adam, period. The Canaanite, Canaanite, Edomite, Khazar Jewish line of descent contains the literal genetic material of the fallen angels, in particular that of Nachash. This is straightforward two-seed line identity. So where is this quotation from? You're talking to me. Yeah, I'm asking <laughs> you. Where, where, where did you get this from? Yeah, um, Pastor, that is uh, from one of the documents that I um, had uh, stumbled across yesterday morning. In fact, uh, I've been on to quite a number. Of, uh, that is, that was a, uh, a posting the the importance of the two seed line messages. This we tree Israel. Uh, um, that mm-hmm. particular one I picked up from uh, um, Facebook. Somebody posted it, and I actually had some writing that is, was associated with it. Okay. Unfortunately, that was on my computer that was stolen. Oh, boy. But uh, but, but remember now, Nach, Nachash, 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 is, yeah, Nachash, uh, Nachash is, yeah. is the Hebrew word for Satan. Right? Right, the whisperer, the enchanter, the deceiver, the beguiler. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The snake. Yes, yeah. And so... Um, so what, what browser were you using to get some of this information? Because you know, obviously, uh, in fact, Michael Sweet had a problem. He had to change browsers in order to look at a, a document I sent him. Uh, you know, cause, uh, uh, Pastor, go ahead. I, I, use, I use Firefox. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Firefox I find to be very uh, uh, far more stable than um, the, the other ones. And it is... Um, uh, the, the beauty of it is, with the, all the power files that we have, etc. Um, very often, the when when you have a Firefox hang up, it will automatically restore your tabs and all your information, which is oh. a very convenient thing. Yes, um, nice. And there there are also features with Firefox that means you don't need to download apps. It these are functions that can be installed and and. Uh, uh, invoked as ad- attachments to mm-hmm. Firefox, okay. which makes it very convenient. Uh, for example, um, blocking adverts 
is such a, a, a wonderful thing with, with Firefox. Okay. All right. Yeah, so very good. All right, so any other uh, information about how the Jews financed Cohen and what their motivation was? Uh, Pastor, I didn't really go into the, the detail of the document. I focused on the number of documents that are downloaded and must have been close to about 100 oh boy. that are okay. downloaded yesterday morning with substantial evidence. In fact, okay. um, I also downloaded a, um, a page from an Indonesian Jew okay. who stated that they were persecuted by... The Christians in Europe, their forefathers were persecuted <laughs> right. by uh, the Christians. In, and exactly what I've been saying for the past few, well, most probably about a year and a half, right. that the Christians were these, the, the, the persecutors, uh, persecutors in, in Europe, and they were not the, those that were persecuted. And I actually... Uh, posted on Facebook a number on, on a number of occasions, I said, if the Christians were the persecuted ones in Europe, whom were the persecutors? And well, yeah. okay. I, in, spite, in spite of the fact that I have many of these uh, churchified Calvinists who, who um, attack me on various issues, this is one of the issues that they seem to neglect. They 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 don't want to confront me on this. Mm -hmm. um, I stated, for example, that I've been to Europe on a number of occasions, and on on these occasions I visited churches and I stumbled into cathedrals and churches from both the Protestantism as well as the Roman Catholicism. Uh, in in just about in every country, you find these these two parallels. And all the churches are there. I've seen churches from the, 20, the 1200s. I've seen cathedrals and, and uh, Roman Catholic churches uh, that were built in the 900s and the, uh, in the, and the mm -hmm. thousands. Right. So if, if there was a war between the Protestantism and the Catholics, why did both the churches survive? Mm -hmm. The other thing is, the other thing is, if... Like we have been told from, from school days that the Christians were, the, were persecuted in Europe and that is why we have whites that came to South Africa, etc. But if the Christians were the, were the persecuted ones, whom were the persecutors? Right. Because yeah. <laughs> both the Roman Catholics as, and why did so millions and millions of reformists Protestants mm -hmm. remained in, in Europe. Why didn't all of them emigrate and why didn't all of them flee Europe if, if the Roman Catholics were the persecutors? Right. Well, here, let me, uh, maybe I can attempt a, a quick answer to that. Uh, it's because Protestantism was early on subverted by the Jews, <laughs> right? Uh, through exactly. Calvin, through Calvin. Okay. Yeah. But uh, certainly the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, persecuted anybody who would not adhere to their theology. And because uh, it, it, it's a very interesting point, because uh, Paul set up congregations of Israelites throughout the Levant and uh, up to, into Europe. Uh, he visited Britain. He, he was in Rome and uh, he was in Greece and he set up Israelite yeah. congregations there. These were subsequently persecuted by the Catholic Church, okay, mm -hmm. to the point that the Roman Catholic Church basically forbade anything but their religion in Europe. And so then when the, when the Reformation came along, when the Israelites were able to read the Bible for themselves, they realized how they were being lied to by the Roman Catholic Church, and then we had the yeah. Thirty Years' War, and uh, unfortunately, the Boer people got caught, the pre-Boer people, I should say, got caught up in that and were tired of all the fighting. And that's why they left Europe. That's, you know, in a nutshell, my quick explanation. Okay, back to you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then I, um, th th what I was saying about the Indonesians, how the Indonesians were speaking about the so-called Inquisition, that the, so the Spanish Inquisition was taken to Indonesia mm -hmm. by the Dutch East Indian Company, the right. DOC. 
Yeah, right. The Jews. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Remember, I've been I've been saying for for quite a number of years. I've been saying that the Dutch uh, East Indian Company were comprised of well, even so, the Year Seventeen or the Lord Seventeen were Edomite Kazarian Jews, and I was um, I was astounded by the fact that the parallels in the way in which the people that had become settlers in Indonesia were on exactly the same basis as the settlers that came to South Africa, whom, of course, were the Boers, that they were mishandled, that they were treated like slaves, that they were even persecuted and even crucified in the Cape. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly the same the same way in which these uh, Indonesians had been treated. Right. Well, again, following uh, Genesis 3.15, the Jews would always follow us wherever we go, (laughs) right? And then uh, establish a uh, parasitic dictatorship over us, and then we would have to flee from that. So we've always been fleeing from it, although most of our people today have forgotten how uh, we, the true Israelites, have built all civilizations and how the Jews came later to uh, parasitize off of us and chased us around the earth. Okay? Yeah. That's how it's happened. Okay, back to you. Yeah. Um, Then I have a a very interesting one that I stumbled across, and I'm trying to get this um, diagram that I... Uh, had actually captured because it was so fascinating to see how the the Jews drew and they present a diagram. I've even got the the website where on which this uh, diagram is. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've actually made a screenshot of it and I uh, so it's a graphical uh, picture which I edited in in Afrikaans so that the Boers can understand what it is all about. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I can't log in onto uh, Chat and Go, but nonetheless, I think I might okay. as well uh, pass it on to you because um, you yeah. can then perhaps uh, um, put it onto Chat and Go. Okay. But this, this image, which I'm posting to you uh, within the next few minutes, mm-hmm. is an image which displays the migration of the two parts of what they term to be Judeans. Mm-hmm. The, okay. the blue part, the blue part, they indicate, um, well, if you see the diagram, the blue part uh, is clearly the house of Jacob. The orange part, which has a number of uh, uh, bastardizations um, attached to that particular line, uh, amongst the Kazarians and also the, um, I nearly said the Sodomites, but the uh, Askenazis. Right. The Askenazis and the Edomites, or rather the Kazarians, are indicated in orange on the right. Uh, and it is based on the language which was uh, spoken by these two branches which they uh, claim. Let me just get that particular one. Sorry, Pastor, I... Yeah. Um, I've had to f- try and find another way of getting it uh, uh, on on the chat line right, uh, with okay. you. Um, and my computer is now just searching it. I've, I found it on my uh, f- file manager, but now that uh, and there it is. And okay. it is quite is interesting that that they draw the distinction between the one part in blue and the other part in in orange. Okay. And how the migration of the Yiddish that they speak migrated into Europe. Aha, uh-huh. okay. All right, I'll see if I can copy uh, yes. this and put it into the chat room. Uh, give me a second, folks. And I'll see if at I can the, do that. And right okay. at the bottom, I've also got the link uh, for this particular diagram. And it is uh, very significant because the descendants of the the Cape Dutch or the descendants of the Dutch East Indian Company were all Edomite Kazarians or Edomite Ashkenazi, as right. can be seen on that diagram, because they were the ones that became the Sephardic Jews. Um, it's it's a different 
uh, talk altogether, but but if you start looking at the migrationary patterns over a period of time, you will find that it fits perfectly into the picture that the uh, the uh, Edomite Kazarians became the Sephardic Jews, and the Sephardic Jews, when the the edict of Alhambra was mm-hmm. announced, or uh, um, what do you say, the edict was um, uh, cast on. Mm-hmm. Uh, during 1492, in Portugal and Spain, okay, uh, where the the Jews, as well as the the Israelites, the Jews as well as the Israelites, were in fact um, uh, forced to become Roman Catholics. Mm-hmm. Right, they were forced into Catholicism, and many of these. Uh, Sephardic Jews, of course, whom were the traders, and they uh, just got they they boarded their vessels and they migrated to Holland, which was the first country of of uh, that was friendly to them. Right. And of course, in in Holland, they set up the Dutch East Indian Company or the Verenigde uh, Oost Indische Compagnie, and they they needed money, and the Dutch government uh, gave them large gov- government grants. Um, for mm-hmm. the purpose of establishing the trade links all leading back to Holland. Of course, right. that um, stimulated the Dutch economy at the time. But for the for the sake of having access to the Dutch governmental funds, they had to also take the Dutch state uh, church or the state religion with them wherever they went. And that was how the Dutch East Indian Company also carried the Roman, uh, well, the the, uh, the Nederduits gereformeerde church right, across right. the globe as well. Okay, well here, uh, I, I assume the title, I tried to copy it, but it, it won't paste into the chat room. So I assume this is in Afrikaans, the Migrasi Floyd Diagram von the Juders. Yes, I... Okay. I, I actually edited that at the top and the bottom so that uh, the Boers can see uh-huh. where the Cape Dutch Afrikaners come from. And this is out of a Jewish uh, right. um, <laughs> website. Okay. Oh, well, here, well, let's trace it because this is good information. Uh, Judeans, they have, and Judea. And under, there's a category here, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. These are the languages. So, Judean, so a 70 AD Roman exile, uh, they went to Italy. The Judeans, uh, Judeo-Romance, migration into Franconia. Uh, so, that's France, of course. Still, they call them as Judeans in this chart. Uh, Jacobite tribes, migration into the Rhineland. So, they're tracing the uh, the the migrations of, again, they follow us wherever we go. <laughs> that's, exactly. That's, that's how it works, okay? And then it uh, talks about their languages, Slavic, pre-Yiddish. Now, my understanding of Yiddish is that it's a combination uh, of Polish and German primarily set to Hebrew letters, okay? And uh, it's not Hebrew at all. You know, it has nothing to no, do with Pastor, Hebrew. Go ahead. Pastor, um my my take on this, the language that the, the Boers spoke when they came to the Cape was a language which was called Ditch. Ditch. They actually, they speak, a, they, it's even written in history, in, in South African history, that the words, that, that the, the language that the Boers spoke was Ditch. Okay. They called it Ditch. And Ditch was a language which was also the language from which Dutch, which we know as Hollands or mm-hmm. uh, Dutch, Dutch Israelites. as well as Flemish, yeah. as well as German, mm-hmm. developed out of this ditch. I mean, okay. this dish. The, um, ditz. How, do you, how do you spell it? D, D-I-E-T-Z? D-I-E-T-S. That yes, was dietz. the one okay. which uh, is, is actually taken up in our history books. Okay. Official history books, even the Cape Dutch Afrikaners history books, refer to dits. All right. However, now here's my take on it. The Jews claim it to be Yiddish. 
Right, you did. Because that's you did. Because, because right. the language that they state that they yeah. have been speaking for millennia uh-huh. is Yiddish. Yeah. So, in other now, words, it's the Jew, it's the Jews' version of Dietz, which is uh, uh, exactly okay. Very good. I got gotcha. you. All right. Interesting. So, so, so definitely the Boers were speaking a form of Hebrew that mm. was known as Dietz. Very good. When they came to the Cape. Yes. Okay. All right. Is there any writing? Uh, well, because I, I, uh, I did you know, look at a uh, Boer Bible that contained information that they, uh, in the introduction, that they considered themselves to be Israelites and that, uh, you know, they had to try to preserve these Hebrew traditions in, uh, in the kingdom of the Boers. But as, as you say, unfortunately, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners came along and tried to distort and steal and, and and rob us of our heritage. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's um, why there's in, all this confusion. Fact, Go ahead. One can see that um, if you start reading uh, the books about the history, which was observed and perceived by visitors from overseas. Now, one of the claims of the Cape Dutch Afrikaners they ask me, why is there no Afrikaans version of the history which we claim that the Boers was, uh-huh. which is the history of the Authentic. Boers? Authentic, yeah. Mm-hmm. But one must remember that we have about three generations of total control under the Afrikaner dom, the Afrikaner, uh, I can call it the Afrikaner mafia. Mm-hmm. They had full control. The Afrikaner Dom and the Afrikaner Bruderbond was in total control. And it is uh, even recorded in the, um, in the, in the book of the uh, Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion that South Africa was one of the few countries in which this book was banned. Mm-hmm. The Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion. And the reason why the Cape Dutch Afrikaners banned it after they um, the malicious takeover or the malicious state capture of the Boer republics in 1910 was for the purpose they didn't want, they banned the book, the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion, because they didn't want the Boers to know what the, the, the details was of the protocols under which they had full control of the Boers. And when I started looking at this, I found that the same principles that are used or that are depicted in the Protocols of the Learned Elders of Zion are the same principles that was used by Jan van Riebeek against the Boers way back in 1657 Mm -hmm. when the the first Boers arrived as settlers. So the the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners or the Edomite Cape Dutch as they were known then had already used these principles in spite of the fact that that had not been written down in a book to say that it was the protocols of the, of the learned elders of Zion at all. Well, yeah, but they existed in the Babylonian Talmud, those, all those principles. In, yes. in fact, I have reason to believe that they are Talmudians. Remember, we spoke about these um, uh, uh, proto-Jews. Right. I have reason to believe that the, the, these, like uh, the people from the Dutch East Indian Company, were in fact proto-Jews, but they purported to be Christians for the sake of having access to the Dutch funds. Okay. <laughs> you see, they, right. they, because it was two years, in, in, uh, in Jan van Riebeek's, he, he had kept daily account like a diary, he kept daily account of all events that occurred on the travel from from Holland, that on the, when they left Holland or Amsterdam on the 12th of December 1651. He recorded the wind speed, he recorded their position, he recorded everything, and even when some of the, the sailors became sick, he recorded it um, as they progressed over the close to four months right. that it took from Holland, the departure of Holland, until the time they arrived in the Cape. And even beyond, he, he took note of the wind direction, of the, the weather conditions on the morning yeah, and the well, evening, as a captain, As a captain log is supposed to contain that information, that's exactly. very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Excellent. Yeah. Now, 
in his own writings, he only refers to prayer three times. Uh-huh. In his whole in his whole journals, his di- diary journals from twelfth uh, of December sixteen fifty one, right up to and including sixteen sixty four, when he was promoted to um, to Malaysia, current day Malaysia. So he was in in the Cape for twelve years. Okay, but it was only after two years after their arrival that he pulled that he called the main the 96 men that came with him, he called them together and he said, we haven't prayed yet. <laughs> and, he, and it was only two years after their arrival that they got together and they thanked this Yerechotz, as he wrote it in his diary, uh-huh. to thank the Yerechotz for their safe arrival two years before and also the two years which they have now spent to to build a castle, some form of protection, and of course also do some cultivation of the lands, etc. Okay. So it, it took them two years to realize, hold on, we are Christians. Oh, okay. We need okay. to pray. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we need to thank this, this yeah. Christian God, this Calvinist Christian God. We need to thank him for our safe arrival, mm-hmm. two years late. Right. Yeah, so apparently he's 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 uh, beginning the process of uh, pretend pretending to be Christians when that thought had never occurred to him up until exactly. two years later. Okay, very good. Exactly, but what he does refer to very often, he refers to them. They as he stated. Their lords and masters, as the Dutch, the Dutch <laughs> right. East Indian companies, year 17 or the Lord 17. Mm-hmm. And he's, he, he even relates to that. He says, uh, this will be very pleasing to their lords and masters. Right. Yeah, the so Jews, can, the Dutch Jews. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh-huh. so you can see that where his thought priorities were. I mean, it was like, oh my, I, I forgot I'm a Christian. I need to pray. I need to actually log that we prayed together two years late. And then (laughs) also, of course, in the line of these Edomite, Cape Dutch, Afrikaner, descendants of these uh, um, Sephardic Jews who have become Protestants for the sake of convenience and having access to large governmental funds, Mm -hmm. the Cape Dutch Afrikaners today state that Jan van Riebeck was the first Boer that made a covenant with God. When Jan van Riebeck never made a covenant with God, there was no, not even a mention of a covenant. Mm-hmm. After the prayer, after they said this prayer of thanks to the God that they didn't even think of, right? They they decided that they were going to keep this as a yearly event in remembrance of the day of their arrival. I think they wanted to make sure that at least once a year that they would create the image and report back back to the, 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 the uh, Dutch East Indian Company that they, they commemorated their arrival by a prayer. Of course, this goes back to the archives in the Dutch East Indian Company, and one can even find the uh, diary um, journals of Jan van Riebeek. Um, conveniently, you can find it in the in the archives of the Dutch East Indian Company. Right. And what a wonderful source of mm-hmm. uh, absolute information, which we never were never taught in school. We never heard that Jan van Riebeek was actually. Uh, um, uh, um, he, he was actually uh, dishonorably. Discharged. Discharged, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, here, let me uh, go to the other, the right half of the chart, which is in yellow. Uh, it says 586 BC, Babylonian exile, migrations to Iran, uh, question mark. Now, there were uh, pure-blooded Judahites in Iran in those days, but there were also these Babylonian Sephards. They never exactly. really, they never talk about the Sephardic uh, element in Babylon. That's the true origin of the Sephardic Jews. Anyway, they point downward with an arrow, Edomite tribes. The Edomite tribes went to Khazaria. 
So they, they, uh, I just, sorry. go ahead, go ahead. That, that, that arrow, that orange arrow and the blue arrow with the Jacobite tribes and the Edomite tribes, I actually entered those two. Oh, oh I see. Just so it can be clear. But if you look at the, the, um, the orange part on the right, just to the right on that um, bright right. orange uh, arrow, it states they're mixing with the Slavs, what, mm-hmm. the first to the eighth centuries. Judaize. Right. Now, on the left-hand side, there is no sign of Judaization. Right. On the left-hand side, it speaks about Judeans. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it's the- very clear that on the left, you have the... The uh, the true Israelites on the right, you have these uh, mm-hmm. Edomites. Right. So yeah, yeah. And so in Khazaria, that's where they Judaized the Slavs and the Khazar, the Turkic Khazars, Iranians exactly. and Mongolians. So they admit that uh, the Khazars are comprised of these various non-Israelite uh, sources of genetics. It's it's exactly. very it's very interesting that uh, this admits this. Okay. And then uh, okay, now some, go ahead. Something, something else which is very important. It was only after they had mixed with the Khazarians and Judaized the Slavs, the Turkish uh, Khazars, the Iranians, and the Mongolians. Now you see that collapse of the Khazaria, 10th to 13th centuries, then only became a westward migration. Right. Yeah. Can you see that? Yes, absolutely. And this is a, a, a thousand years after the Israelites had, you know, because uh, the Israelite migration through this area began a thousand okay, years so. earlier, actually 1,700 years earlier, and uh, exactly. they had passed through, although there would still be a remnant like of Israelites in Ukraine, etc. Back to you. Yes, but, but one must also remember that the, the, the um, migration of the Israelites out of Assyria occurred prior to the birth of the Messiah. In other uh, words, absolutely. they had already inhabited uh, Europe. And that was also why the Messiah told his disciples, uh, he gave them the direction, do not hesitate or do not uh, tarry in the cities of the, Samaritans. the, the, the heathens. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do not tarry in the, in the city of Samaria. Right. He indicated yeah. the direction. He indicated to them north and to the northwest. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's where that's where the apostles went. Although, there, as I said, there was a smattering of pure-blooded Judahites still in Iran, and that's where yes. Peter was sent. Okay. But yeah. uh, again, the the Babylonian Edomites would always follow us around, just as as the Kenites followed the Adamites around, and, and as the Canaanites followed the Adamites around, the Israelites yeah. around. So they're always trailing us wherever we go. That that's the important consideration. And yeah. then, okay, so uh, colla- yeah, collapse of Khazaria, 10th or 13th century, Western migration, and this is talking about the migration of Jews. And, but they really exactly. didn't. They really didn't get very far. I mean, uh, you know, there were pockets of Jews in Germany, France, and England. No huge populations. The huge population Correct. was in Poland. That's where the huge population. Uh, okay. That's right. Uh-huh. And 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 also the enclave, uh, which they called. I've just forgotten the, that enclave. Um, Le, 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 Levant. The Levant, right? The yeah. Levant. Yeah, of that, course, which is in in the Middle East, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and uh, but even there, they uh, migrated after seventy A.D. After Titus destroyed the temple, they, the the Jews had to leave in haste because they were hated by everybody, <laughs> Christians yeah. and Romans alike, hated their guts, yeah. and so they had to move and they had to move quickly. Many of them wound up in Sicily. Many of them wound up in Spain. That's where your Sephardic Jews. That's how your Sephardic Jews got to Spain, because they they and left. Many of them. Yeah, yeah. Many of them ended up in Florence in Italy. Okay, right. Because the, that was also where they uh, started uh, trading with vessels, with large vessels in the Mediterranean, and that was also where they they established the first bank. Right, right. The uh, black nobility. Uh, they the were very, yeah, they were very well known in the ancient world as the black nobility, 
And uh, yeah, yeah, Florence was like, so actually, so uh, before the uh, Dutch Jews uh, settled in Amsterdam, uh, Florence was the main uh, point of seat, money lending. Of, yeah, yeah. The seat of money seat lending. Babylonian of banking. Seat. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and uh, a lot of the ancient historians refer back to the Florentine black nobility, which obviously sometimes they purchased their way into the Vatican. Uh, descendants of the uh, Jewish bankers from Florence, such, such as the Medicis and the Borgias, were actually able to purchase the, the, the seat of the Vatican for a while, and you had Correct. Jewish popes, all right? Yeah. John Paul II was not the very first Jewish pope. We had a number of Jewish popes previous to him. Back to you. Yeah. Yes, um, Pastor, in, in this particular um, uh, fashion, I also have a number of other very interesting bits and pieces of information on the Jews, wherein which I think even Benjamin Friedman um, speaks about this. Let me just see if I can get that particular uh, one which I can also pass on to you, uh, where he clearly states. Now, I don't know if you want to say something about uh, Benjamin Friedman because uh, he's quite a very unpopular person amongst the Jews. Right. Yeah, well, it's because he uh, he exposed the fact that most Jews are not Israelites. <laughs> As we've been discussing yeah. here, he distinguishes, he says Jesus was not a Jew, which is very rare for a Jew to admit. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you can look up the writings of Benjamin Friedman and his speeches. There's even some videos. Uh, but, yeah, he, he parted company with his brethren in the 1950s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it was also after he, uh, he, he fled um, from, from um, was it from Poland? And he uh, emigrated to, uh, or he sought refuge in the United States. Okay, Benjamin Friedman? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I assumed he was uh, born in, in America because he's been here uh, quite some time. But maybe his parents, you know, migrated from Europe. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, so this, uh, quite possible. this link that you gave <laughs> uh, is uh, – hold on, let me scroll back up. And unfortunately, I can't share these links uh, I can't copy and paste. Uh, Benjamin Friedman on Jews. It is an incontestable fact that the word Jew did not come into existence until the year 1775. And Michael Sweet and I had just done three episodes of Bloodlines demonstrating that. Prior to 1775, the word Jew did not exist in any language. The word Jew was introduced into the English for the first time in the 18th century when Sheridan used it in his play, The Rivals. She shall have skin like a mummy and the beard of a Jew. Prior to this usage of the word Jew in the English language by Sheridan in 1775, the word Jew had not become a word in the English language. So who, who were those people in the Old Testament then? They were not Jews. Yeah, they were Judah. They were Israelites. They, they were Israelites of the tribe, and specifically the house of Judah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, of course, since our people don't know any history, and very few, a few of us study linguistics, <laughs> right, <laughs> which is the important subject is consideration here, linguistics, and how the meanings of words change over the centuries, the, you know, the Catholic Church and the, the, the daughters of Rome don't pay any, any attention to these things and simply preach dogma the whole of their lives and their followers, the sheep that follow these churches, know nothing of true Israelite history. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, Pastor, if we, you consider how poorly the Boers understand and know the Boer history for the very reason that the right. Dutch Afrikaners have been in control of the history and the writing of the history and the rewriting of the history to, to suit their agendas. That is the, the sad thing about the whole matter. Right. It's amazing how even the Boers are in so defiance of the truth that I put on the right. table. Yes. And so well, many other Boers have, have actually viciously attacked me on, on for example, in fa on Facebook, telling mm -hmm. me that I'm a divisor, I'm busy dividing the people, I'm busy, busy devising the nation. 
Right. And, well, well, you have to and, rightly divide the word of Yahweh. <laughs> right? Of course. Yeah. Of course. I cannot even humble myself before Father Yahweh in the presence or when, when they are Edomite Kazarians right. under the same roof with me. Oh, no, no. We're, we're not supposed to have anything to do with them. We're supposed exactly. to say, yeah, because whatever we do, they take over us. Because they're they are so deceitful and clever, and uh, like I said this morning, they're psychopathic people. Uh, psychopaths love to pretend to uh, be good in order to trap and, and trap their victims. Okay, yes, just like a uh, a serial killer does the same thing. He loves to pretend to be a victim. And he, and in so doing, he he entices someone to help him when he commits murder. Okay, exactly. So, yeah. So this is how the Jews have always operated this way, and that that's proof that they are the synagogue of Satan. That their line of descent comes right from Cain. You know, we have exactly. all of this all of this evidence. Yeah. Back to you. Yes. Pastor, you give it back to me every time when I'm, <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah, right. Um, well, you're sending me all these actually, links, right. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely, Pastor. And then there are um, also very clear uh, uh, migration patterns which are in graphic form and it shows the maps in the way in which these yes. Edomites had migrated at various times. Now, something that needs to be said as well, I think they were ousted from more than 60 different nations over a hundred actually they yeah over a hundred because yeah over a hundred because of the their unscrupulous way of dealing with people and they conniving and they uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, well I've got the, the Cape Dutch Afrikaner history which absolutely reflects this which which we have been called well all the attributes that we have been attaching to and and attached to onto the Jews for so many years. I yes. see exactly the same attributes um, emanating from the, the way in which Cape Dutch Afrikaners operate in, the, in their way of thinking, uh, always wanting to be in control. Um, and they, want, they always want to prescribe laws to control people, yet they don't want to be subjected to those same laws. That's right. Hypocr- uh, beware the love of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Yeah. The Judaism absolutely. is nothing but hypocrisy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, so it appears you've really been doing your research and sending me all these links. So maybe for next week, uh, we can have a, uh, you know, maybe some of these things would be uh, uh, links to online, uh, you know, uh, online documents, which, uh, you know, we can maybe start doing that next week. But yeah. Uh, uh, is, is it possible for, for one to actually go onto the, uh, onto the chat room? If I could... Um, uh, log into the chat room now. I've, I've forgotten my password long ago, but if I can log into the chat room and perhaps share on on the chat yeah. room uh, of the the pieces of evidence that I have that can that I want to yeah. share with the people out there who, who uh, need to know right. the facts. Well, all I have to do is make up a new name and a new password, and then uh, you can get into the chat room again. So just forget uh, about your forget about your old uh, credentials. They're not necessary. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Just just make up a new name and a new password, and you'll be good to go. Okay. Great. Yeah. Okay. So this yeah. one last because uh, we're we're almost out of time already. From 1925, yes. this year's Jewish Encyclopedia states that the existence of the Ashkenazi Jews, who represent approximately 90 percent of so-called world Jewry, with the startling admission that the so-called enemy of the Jews, Esau, also known as Edom, see Genesis 36.1, now actually rep- represents the Jewish race, which is what we've been saying all along in identity. All along. All along. Absolutely. When on page 42 of volume 5, it is stated, quote, Edom is in modern Jewry, unquote. So what they're basically saying is that these Ashkenazi Jews, who represent 90% of the so-called Jewish population, are actually the tribe that God hates. Malachi 1.3, Romans 9.13. Yes. Yeah, I mean... Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you have to trace the bloodlines. If you don't trace the bloodlines, yeah. then all their lies will ring true, and you won't understand that Esau is now impersonating Jacob... And to get even with the fact that Jacob impersonated Esau before Isaac. Yeah. That's what this is yes. all about. Yeah. 
But Pastor, it is crucial in the understanding of the scriptures as well, because in the scriptures this doesn't come as as clear because of the way in which the scriptures have been translated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it exactly. Is, it, it is crucial that one understands the two bloodlines. And also, if one goes and reads um, in the prophecies of, uh, even in the prophecies that uh, Jacob spoke, um, and he, because Jacob prophesied over his sons, and also Moses prophesied, and so did quite a number of the other uh, writers. For example, Moses, Mo, Moses wrote in the book of Deuteronomy. He wrote about this exact same thing, the way in which um, uh, Esau was going to um, yes. uh, place a yoke mm-hmm. on, on, Jacob. on Jacob's descendants. Right, right, exactly. There's no other way to yeah. explain it than the fact that the Jewish Babylonian banking system has become that yoke upon us, not upon the Jews. Exactly. The Jews are the ones running it. They're not subjected to that yoke. We are. So it's obvious who Jacob is, (laughs) right? Okay. Yeah, and of course, the the Jews admit in various writings uh, that they are related to Edom. But these are in-house publications that rarely see the light of day, and virtually no Christian is aware of any of this stuff, right? We're the only ones publishing this information. Nimblehorse puts in, For Esau is the end of this world, and Jacob is the beginning of it that followeth, as 2 Ezra chapter 6, verse 9. And that's uh, Ezra, and it's the same uh, Ezra in the Old Testament, Esdras in the the Apocrypha. It's the same Ezra uh, prophesying that uh, Esau is the end of this world. So when this world ends, the Edomites go with it. And then yeah. Jacob will be elevated back to his proper position. Back to you. Yes. With only uh, less than two minutes now. Yeah, Pastor, what, what I uh, intend to do, we, we've got an humbling again on uh, this coming week. Remember okay. last year, we, uh, on the 27th of February, we commemorated the uh, Battle of Majuba. Now, on the 27th, we are, we're doing some of the humbling on the 27th, the 28th, and the 29th. Okay. If I can perhaps just in the last two minutes just say something about this humbling. Okay. Yeah, very been, little. Which, no more than a minute left. Go ahead. Okay. Um, on the 29th, we're also doing the um, – we, we, we uh, are begging forgiveness for the sins of the fathers, which okay. is so important because um, – uh, the sins of the fathers have left us in this position which we are at the moment. Amen. Uh, thank you very much, Pastor. It was an excellent show. I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, yeah. It's so wonderful to be able to put the uh, truth onto the table for the people to devour. Right, right. And also, I uh, recall from last week that uh, you were very gratified that more and more boars are coming to grips with their Israelite heritage and acknowledging Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Okay, and this Absolutely is a good sign. I, I, I think we're seeing the same thing here in America. America, as our congregations continue to grow, and uh, you know, yeah, Amen. And then you'll you'll be meeting some of those people in the very near future. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? excellent. I'm looking it's, forward to that. Yeah, Pastor. it's only about five weeks now. Five weeks before you uh, land exactly. at O'Hare Airport. Okay, and then you yes. you get to see uh, what a bustling town that this uh, place called Chicago is, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, very good. I'm so looking forward to it. Pastor. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, thank you very much for a wonderful show and uh, an excellent host, Pastor. I greatly appreciate Be blessed. Thank you. Amen. Praise Yahweh. Okay. All right, folks, Praise that's our God. show for today. And you know, we'll have more on this subject next week. Well, will you be with us next Sunday? Well, okay, it's too late. Time's no, up. no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm still here, Pastor. Yes. Oh, you will. I'll, I, will be, um, I will be there uh, on the show, Boots and All. Okay, very good. Excellent. Okay, take care. Yahweh bless. Take care, Pastor. Be be blessed. Bye-bye.